Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast. I am Paul Hudrick, and I joined by Seamus Clancy. Seamus, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I just like saying it because it feels so good. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't. It never feels real, though, right? Like, it didn't feel real when the Phillies went to the World Series. Didn't feel real when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That stuff felt more real to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't feel real at all. I think because of (laughs) the ease in which they're doing it. And maybe the Eagles. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe because the job, I feel like I just started working at Philly Voice. So I just started covering the team and like it still feels like it's September. Like (laughs) it's gone this far. No, I think we're going to Arizona. You know what it is? It's from a fan perspective, it's I haven't felt anxiety over this football team. No. Like all year, like I don't, I couldn't tell you. Like I guess the Dallas game a little bit, but even then, I didn't like. All right, Hurts wasn't playing. Like I felt yeah. like if they if they won that game, it just felt like a huge bonus that they had won that game. You know, like it didn't feel like they had to win that game. So like I didn't feel a ton of anxiety watching that game. Like I couldn't tell you the last time, and I feel like I felt more anxious at. I'll tell you when actually at noon on Sunday. Cause that was at the point where I was like, all right, this game, oh my God, it's noon. Like this game's in three hours. And then after that, it was the slowest three hours of my entire life leading up to the game. And then the game happens, Brock Purdy, you know, gets hurt on the first drive, and you're like, Okay, I they're gonna win this game. Um, you got like a little nervous, obviously, when the yeah. Josh Johnson drive happened when McCaffrey just has a monster drive on that and oh has that God. incredible Come run. On. Um, because he's a great player and those things happen sometimes. Uh, but you that was it like that was the only moment of anxiety you felt then the rest of the game you're like all right this is over like they're they're going to win very easily Brock Purdy can't throw a football past five yards they're they're going to win this game and (laughs) I get it I get this from like because if the roles are reversed of course if we were if you know if if the Eagles had lost in the fashion the 49ers had lost I'd be pretty butthurt too. I can't lie. I would be absolutely butthurt if, if that's how it awful unfolded for the Eagles. I'd be pissed off. Um, with that said, if you're an Eagles fan, take nothing away from like from yourselves and from this team, man. Like they earned this. They earned when you beat the crap out of everybody in the regular season and earn the one seed. This is the, this is what it affords you. And then convert. And then also too, like if perhaps you know. Kyle Shanahan didn't have a tight end blocking the guy who should have been a nominee for defensive player of the year. Still wild that he wasn't even a nominee. I agree that perhaps most should, you know, is probably the guy who wins it, but not to be a nominee is, is insane. Uh, When that guy's getting blocked by a tight end on multiple possessions, I have, I don't have as much sympathy for you losing your starting quarterback when you're not doing the things properly in your scheme to protect him. Um, Sean Payton has yeah. just been traded to the Broncos. Whoa! For a first round pick this year, I don't, I didn't know Denver had their first round pick because that's going to Seattle. I don't think they had two, to my knowledge. So I don't know exactly what? if that's a uh, some broad, bad info and an early pick next year from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Okay, I'm just seeing it now. This is wild. A, they have a. I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, you're glad he didn't wind up in the NFC. I would think Dallas. Which yeah, I thought that was realistic. Yeah, so did I. But hey, you know, Mike McCarthy, stick with him. I think that's the right right move, uh, Jerry. Lifetime contract. No, the, Jerry. Yeah, during one of the coaches long as Tom Landry. He said Denver doesn't have a first round pick this year. Yeah, so I don't know where that's coming from either. Um, 
Yeah, they, they traded 700 picks for the corpse for Russell, of Russell right. Wilson, and now they're and they're trading picks to get Sean Payton. And because Russ sucks, and because of all the picks they came give out, <sighs> they can't be good in the next two or three years. Well, I'll and say this: what, what are they doing? Sent a first round pick in 23. It's an early pick next year. So I guess he's saying like an early pick in the 2024 draft. Maybe that's yeah, I guess flipped. It has to be flipped because they don't own a first rounder. I don't even know if they yeah. own their second rounder. I'm not sure either. They gave up. They, they gave up so much for us. It could have been the Eagles. Could have been. And I was one of the people that said do it. So. Same. I'll, I'll say this though. But no, I, I'll say this. I think you know it's pretty clear. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that Nathaniel that Hackett sucks. He's not. He wasn't a good coach. Oh like, sure. Very sure. obvious. Um, and I. So I will anticipate that Russell Wilson does much better this year with Sean Payton, and that if he had been traded to the Eagles, I, me thinks that Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen would have done a much better job. Um, they wouldn't have had AJ Brown. They wouldn't have had AJ Brown. You're right, but they still would have had Devontae Smith and sure, Dallas sure, Goddard yeah, and yeah. the running game and the offensive line. So I think they still would have been. Uh, and the, look, everything obviously worked out. <laughs> worked itself great. out. For the Eagles, wonderfully, but I'm just—that's just to say, I—I I, I think a lot of Russell Wilson's issues were related to the head coach and the offense and the scheme. Not to say that Russell Wilson wasn't part of the problem because he was—you can't deny it. Um, but I think he'll be better now. Do I agree with trading a first-round pick for a head coach? Probably not. Um, You're just so jammed up with the Russ situation that—that's what I'm saying. Need, you kind of need to double down. Yeah, on something that's bad. You're kind of just fair enough whatever no, i mean they've, I, they've won there. three super bowls in my lifetime i think they are a franchise that historically has been usually pretty good from i guess 83 84 the beginning of the elway years until yeah peyton left in 2015 well he wasn't that good that year but that they had the best defense in football von miller wins super bowl mvp maybe another defensive player wins super bowl mvp mm. this year i think hassan reddick plus 5000 super bowl mvp is yeah, not, my lock, not my lock of the week, but that is my – you want to throw down 10 bucks, yeah. take a flyer? That's, that's not my a bad one at all. You no, to do. I'm with you. I'm with you. The Chiefs have a pretty good offensive line, but I'm I'm with you. Because Reddick's just been – it doesn't matter who the hell's lined up in front of him this year. He's been ridiculous. He's been so, so good. And it's the, just Eagles the, are, the Eagles are 16-1 and one when they're starting quarterback plays. <laughs> and and the one game they lost, he played pretty well, and they just got some egregious yeah. bad turnover luck. Even though I'm sure they've gotten good turnover the other parts of the season. So, yeah, that's how it evens out. That's the nature of turnovers and just the concept of luck. But it's easy to just – I don't want people to take this for granted. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to do a straw man argument, but I saw one guy on Twitter was like, you know, I wish the NFL was more competitive this year and they stepped up and, like, someone gave the Eagles a game. Like, if you're mm-hmm. an Eagles fan, like, isn't it fun to smack the shit out of another team? And also – in five, in five, 10, 15, 20 years, I'm not going to remember how easy the Eagles' path was. I'm just going to remember that they went to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to care about any of that. Like, or, it's not matter. or they could smack the Chiefs, and then you could say the Eagles actually might be one of the best teams of all time, which if they did, if they pulled off yeah. another double-digit win, a two-, three-touchdown win against a guy a lot of people could say is, what, a top two or three offensive mind of all time, a yeah. guy who's going to end up, Probably a top two or three quarterback of all time. It's easily, I would say easily Mahomes is going to clear. Like he's going to like this generation a, of quarterback. He's going yes. to be number the guy. two. He's going like to be number the two best. behind Tom. And then Travis Kelsey, who I mean, I we I grew up watching Tony Gonzalez and then Gronk, and each one I thought was 
the most unstoppable weapon I've ever seen. And Travis Kelsey is going to end up being better than both of them. And yeah. I, I, th- I think it's realistic. The Eagles are the betting favorites. I didn't know if they would be, but Injuries, the way this yeah. team is playing and I know Mahomes is hobbled and that'll be an excuse that Cowboys <laughs> fans and Giants yeah. fans and Washington See, that's fans what I'm ready for. will throw at you. I'm, but, you say all that. I'm ready for them. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for them to beat the Chiefs with Mahomes hurt and just everyone come out of the good work. Man, the Eagles had the easiest Super Bowl win ever. And it's like, man, which is it's funny to me, though, too, because if you think about it, the Eagles might have had like what maybe one of the most difficult Super Bowl wins a few years ago. Right. Like losing their their quarterback that was possibly on the way to winning the MVP of the entire NFL. And Nick Foles looking like absolute garbage the last couple weeks of the season and then. Overcoming Chris, losing a, a Hall of Fame left tackle, your starting middle linebacker. Like they overcame so much to win that Super Bowl. Maybe they were owed an easy one, man. Damn. Yeah, Chris Long said on this podcast, this with Green Light Podcast with Chris yeah. Long, a, a must listen for me, my my go to besides Thirsty Jogs drink faster, obviously. Of course. Said this team is better than a 2017 team, which I don't think is necessarily controversial. No. 2017 team will probably forever go down as the most uh, important team in Philadelphia sports history, people's favorite team. There's nothing like the first time in the improbability of it all, as you're alluding to with Wentz going down and Peter's going down and this guy going down, this guy going down and Foles doing the Foles magic and the Philly special. And the fact that they beat Belichick and Brady and Brady played the best game of his life and lost that always be special, but man, to see the Eagles just destroy the competition throughout the season Go to the playoffs, spank a division rival who's getting a little too cocky. Go to 40, play the 49ers. And, you know, this guy, offensive genius, Nick Sirianni plays two coach of the year award finalist, mm-hmm. wasn't a nominee himself, himself takes care of both of them. And I, I will say this does it suck that for 49ers fans that their quarterback got hurt? Yeah. But in my time as an Eagles fan, before my big J journalist days, three years in a row, I watched a guy who wasn't the Eagles QB one take the final snap of the season. And one of those times it resulted in the Lombardi trophy. That's the, that's the way the game works. And, Doug and Williams keep... backup quarterback. who won the Super yeah. Bowl. Jeff Hostetler backup quarterback that won the Super Bowl. And I'm going to keep going. Well, technically Tom Brady. Um, yeah. Tom, Tom freaking Brady. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to keep going back to it's put, it's like, it's, the big thing you said is part of the game. Like when your quarterback isn't protected properly and he gets hurt on a play, whose fault is that? That's not the Eagles' fault. It was a clean like, hit. I saw someone. And it was, no, it was oh, absolutely just, clean hit. hit. You go for the ball. Hit a guy in the elbow. That's, that's, that's the, the cleanest, cleanest. Like that's what you're, that's the cleanest thing you could ever you're do. Going for, right. You're not going, you're not going for the arms. You're not going for the leg. You're not going, I mean, excuse me, you're not going for the head. You're not going for the legs. It's the absolute cleanest thing to do is to go out to the football every pass rusher does that every decent pass rusher does that they go into the football you're going to tell me if, if bosa got in on hurts he wasn't trying to knock a ball loose but too bad he couldn't because lane johnson um which my god can we talk about lane friggin johnson the guy's <laughs> the guy's groin's hanging off <laughs> and, he, and he's not he allowed what two pressures i think i heard over over the course of two playoff games one against the quote-unquote defensive player of the year wild if that was his last home game as an Eagle, it was a hell of a one to go out on. I'm not saying that's the most likely case, but given the injuries, given everything, and yeah. if he, him and both Jason Kelsey can walk off with yet another Super Bowl win, it'd be special. It'd be special. And maybe Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. I think he's maybe back. Fletcher Cox. 
Brandon Graham can break the – I wrote about this today in Philly Voice. He is 10 games behind David Akers for the most games played in Eagles history. I think That's he will be awesome. back next year and will break that. I think both sides would – would like to see that mile. Wouldn't hurt. Happen. Yeah, like it, it certainly. If, if I mean, he, if he's just a rotational guy, like he was this no, year, he played yeah. played forty three percent of the snaps and had eleven sacks. He had his best statistical season yet at thirty four. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If, I'm sure. Yeah. If he wants to come back and just rush the passer, you know, if he plays a game, I'm sure they'd be happy to um, happy to to meet that 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 request. But yeah, they're worth more to each other than they are with, with separate parties, right? BG's worth more than they would give another random right. journeyman vet defensive oh, end and yeah. you know is is bg gonna really get his value if he goes and plays in cleveland under jim schwartz yeah. no no but he obviously means a lot more here and another guy the part makes part of the 2017 season so special was he has that play at the end and you look at the start of his career he's a bust he's this he's playing out of position with chip he's going through all these coordinators position changes not getting all the snaps he wants and then does that and unbelievably keeps getting better as he gets older, even now with the Achilles tear too. And no, I, I, that's an excellent point you make about just him being more valuable here than anywhere else. That's one hundred percent correct. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. It's. It's going to be weird if they win because it's. It's. There is a chance, but you're right that might, he might come back. But there is a chance that three. I don't think it's crazy to say three. The greatest Eagles of all time might all retire. Um, yeah, like Kelsey, I, I, Johnson and, I think and, like greatest is different than like best. That's always different for me. Like Nick yeah. Foles might is probably like the greatest. Be, I mean, if least. you look, I don't know where Brandon Graham is on the all-time Eagles sack list, but he's got to be pretty damn high, right? Um, I don't think he's high as you'd think. I've, I've looked at this before, um, but we have to look. I obviously have to look it up. Obviously, now. Trent Cole, Hugh Douglas. I think Trent Cole is ahead of him. Yeah, Trent uh, Cole, I think, is actually might be the uh, franchise leader. I think it might I'm be Clyde mistaken. Simmons. Clyde Simmons is up there. Obviously, Reggie's going to be up there. Reggie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Reggie at 124. Trent Cole second at 85 okay. and a half. Clyde Simmons third at 76. And Brandon Graham fourth at 70. So if he played next year, there he'd get go. in the top three all time. Yeah. And displacing a guy that was a multiple-time all-pro in Philadelphia in the 91 and 92 defenses. There you go. 19 sacks in 1992, Clyde Simmons. Mm, pretty good. That's yeah. third in defensive player of the year voting. Those teams are so fun. They really were. They were a lot of fun. It's a shame that they just did nothing to help Randall Cunningham at all. Um, Thanks, develop buddy. or protect them. Yeah, they did nothing Thanks, to buddy. help de- develop or protect them in any way. Well, the front office too, and the ownership at the time wasn't uh, the greatest. So um, I know we've talked about not wanting to lick boots, but I mean, man, Eagles got a pretty damn good owner. It's pretty cool to see an owner that cares about winning and it's hired, you know, some pretty successful head coach. I think we talked about that last time. It's just, even if Chip Kelly's like Chip Kelly did not work out from a management standpoint, from a pure coaching standpoint, was a pretty damn good coach. And I, yeah, I'm not sure Jeff Lurie is like, has hired a bad coach necessarily. I mean, I mean, even Ray Rhodes won games. game. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, shit, Ray, I mean he's, Ray Rhodes, Rich Cote, Nick Sirianni, all have Rich more Cote. playoff wins than Buddy Ryan. Just throwing that out there. Well, Rich Cote was by dumb luck. Like to, to be fair, um, oh, that yeah, was just, yeah. they won that game because they just were a better football team because <laughs> he is not a good coach. And but oh, Carson's man. defense was definitely the catalyst for those two years, like 91 and 92 after. Buddy sure. Was, yeah, absolutely. Um, those were those are such good teams. It's always a bummer. Like I remember, I mean, you're obviously 
much younger than me, but I just remember when Reggie White was a free agent. Like that was like one of the first like bigger NFL free agent like tours. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he went on and he saw and like it was just so. I remember there was like a thing where he said something to the effect of like God told him to go to Green yes, Bay, that's... and I remember everyone was you know just because because uh, Green Bay was greener because there was in more God we trust in uh, which is on the dollar bill. Uh. <laughs> they had a. Uh... If correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they had a keep or stay Reggie rally in Center City. My dad says he was there for that. Do you remember something like that? Obviously, I, I mean, I was uh, pretty well, a couple yeah, years before young, my yeah. time in yeah. you know '92 era. I was like seven, but I just re- I just remember another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because my, like, fun thing about me, uh, so and it just explains an awful lot. Like, growing up, I have vivid memories of every single morning I woke up for school, uh wip was on morning show was on okay. every single day every single day getting that was, school, was that angelo breakfast. then always angelo yep uh that every single angelo. day um so i grew up with cataldi like to like 100 so um i just remember how ugly that was and like how like yeah just it was it was that was a rough time man when they let reggie i mean and I, I think most people though viewed it as they let reggie white go and not reggie white left you know what i mean i think most people Got actually, and it's for in 1992 for fans to have that kind of nuance is, is pretty crazy. Uh, but I do think that was like, a Reggie White left guy, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, everyone was different, but I, I, yeah. I feel uh, my I think I'm pretty sure my dad was the same way too. But it's a very um, dad take, yeah, it's a very dad take, but um, but I think I think I well, especially in retrospect, I think more most people look at it as Eagles cheaped out and they had bad ownership because Jeffrey sure. wasn't here yet. I think they looked at it more like that than they looked at it as Reggie White took more money, which he did. He took more money, which who can begrudge him that? Um, we've been doing this exercise during the playoffs. Although, actually, I want to make one more point, too. Let's do it. Because when we talk about the Giants, and I remember leading up to that game, and there was like, oh, man, the Giants, pretty good. Daniel Jones might be entering some conversations. Really good quarterback, blah, 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 I, all that. You can't have all of those conversations. And then when the Eagles whoop their ass, say that now the Eagles have an easy path. You all, yeah, right. hyped up, so many people yeah. hyped up Daniel Jones, hyped up the Giants, hyped up Brian Dable, and okay, th- that happened. But then when the Eagles go in and whoop their ass and don't even look like they belong on the same field, you can't then turn around and say it was easy. Just my yeah. sense on that. Brock Purdy is now a third-string quarterback, not the second coming of Tom Brady. Exactly. The headlines you wrote, and red last week are no longer valid. He is a third string quarterback. Yes. Third string, seventh round rookie at that. Yeah, you heard that, Fox News, right? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you talk, I don't know if you saw that, but it's so fucking Yeah, good. talk about uh God telling you to go somewhere. <laughs> so bad. Uh we've been doing this fun exercise the last couple of weeks for the playoffs, and I've enjoyed it, where we kind of look at kind of positionally where the teams are yeah yeah and i'm gonna give you a second i'm gonna fill time while you go ahead and pull up the chief step chart 
Let's um, do it. But I, I've enjoyed because we did that the Giants week, and I think we agree that literally every position on the field, the Eagles are better except running back against the Giants. Yeah. And I think that played out exactly that way. Last week against the Niners, I think we thought pretty evenly matched up, mostly across the board. Uh, maybe we thought the Niners' defense was a little bit better and the Eagles' offense was a little bit better. Tough to gauge uh, based on what we saw, but we saw what we saw, and I think the Eagles were, you know, they were very, despite everything, they were still really dominant defensively, and that that uh, that defensive line eight and the Eagles' offensive line, I think, is not getting enough credit. Yeah, I get it. You know, possessions, the, 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 the 49ers' offense just kept turning the ball, just kept giving the ball back to the Eagles, and so... The, the Niners defense didn't have a lot of time and yada, yada, yada. But still, the Eagles offensive line, I thought they really figured some things out. I thought they found a way to use Greenlaw and Warner's athleticism and aggressiveness against them because they're two phenomenal players. Um, and I think Sykin, they had a really good game plan for that. And I think they adjusted really well. Um, I know a lot. there's been a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me have talked about that and um, the way they kind of changed their scheme up a little bit mid-game. But I'm assuming you have the Chiefs. Um, left chart pulled up. I do. So let's, when we're, let's get after I think, it. I think when we're looking at quarterback, with all due respect to Jalen Hurts, sure, it's 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 Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yes, and the best quarterback in the NFL. All due um, respect to Dallas Goddard as well. Yes, same. Try Dallas Goddard might be the a top three tight end, maybe a top two, depending on how. Yeah, I mean, literally, out. Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey might be one of only like two tight ends that's better than him. Yeah, so he's, he's gonna be. Yeah, he's he clears him pretty easily. I think. Yeah. Offensive line, Chiefs have a good offensive line. They do. Creed Humphrey, second best center in football. Again, yep. in most matchups, they'd have the better center, but the Eagles have Jason Kelsey. And Trey Smith, very good, but maybe right guard Trey Smith over Isaac Sayamalo. But, but yeah, that might be the one. I don't want to discount Sayamalo because I think he's had his best year as a pro yet. Yeah. He got benched during that 2017 run uh, for Stefan Wisniewski. Wasn't there for that, like rode the bench, played in the game, did some stuff, but wasn't the starter there. So I think this probably means a shitload to this guy Yeah, going back there. Unheralded, definitely team. the unheralded guy on yeah. the line because there's since because yeah. everyone else is so decorated at yeah. this point. You have yeah. the two Hall of Famers landing like immediate pro bowler and Jordan Mahata, right. you know, toast of the town type guy. Right. So we'll, we'll say right guard, quarterback, tight end, running back. I would go to Miles Sanders right now as yeah. I Pacheco has done a really good job. And I, I like heard Pacheco that too, maybe yeah. more to Andy Reid's utilization of him. They do have talented backups. He does run back tough, though, man. He, he is Jared McKinnon. So if, if you wanted to give their run, I'm not, I don't want to just be like, ah, oh, he's hating on Miles Sanders because that's what I do type thing. So if you wanted to say it was a wash, wouldn't really fight you on it, but I'd give the edge to the Eagles, though. I think both teams have pretty good depth at running back. Yeah. And game will look outstanding. He really has. It's, he's had his two best games as a pro in the playoffs. Yeah. That's exactly right. what you want from a guy. When we move to the other side of the ball. Do you want to go skill guys? You want to go receivers? Oh, the, the receivers are a mess, right? The Chiefs receivers are a mess. Oh, they're injured. really banged up. So I got to be honest, like, though, too. Even if they're all healthy, I still think I'm giving the nod to the Eagles. Yeah, so are, are, we, are we doing all – yeah. So I guess it comes down to would you rather have Quez Watkins or like Juju or Kadarius Tony? So since we, there's three starting receivers, we'll say – just two receivers. We'll give the third one to them. Does that work? That's we'll give fair. The third, third one. Yeah, because so. whoever they throw out as a third guy is going to be probably more impactful okay. than Quez or, or Zach Pascal. So I'll, I'll give that. Yeah. Okay, let's go. But the top two guys, yeah, you got to give AJ Tight and Devontae Smith the nod. 
three. Give them right guard, four wide receiver, three. So offense, four out of 11 go to KC. KC defense. I think we go defensive tackle one. As much as Javon Hargrave has been great this year, Chris Jones Jones is a defensive player of the year finalist over a guy even like Hassan Reddick. He's he's a monster. Sorry, Javon. He ruined that game against Cincinnati. He was tremendous. very, very good. Yeah. So we'll go with that. Other than that, I think the Eagles kind of sweep them. Well, it's the same. Remember, we talked about it last week where it was like Bosa had 18 and a half sacks and the next guy had like five. I think the Chiefs actually have this very similar situation where Jones had like 15 and a half, I think, this year, which is yeah, 15 wild. And a half, yep. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Um, and he, he does stuff beyond sacks. Obviously, he's just a great all-around player. But I think the next highest guy might have had like six or something like that. So, again, yeah. just from a depth perspective, I, the Eagles, much, much more depth. Though Chris Jones, I would say, the most dominant of any defensive lineman that will play in the game. But I think the Eagles across the board are better. Yeah, so Karloftis Young out of Purdue. Yeah. Still turned into a good player. Yeah, Frank Clark. Good. Former great player, not really quite that yeah. guy anymore. So if we're saying the other three defensive line positions, I would give to the Eagles. And I don't yeah. think that's that's that crazy. That's not too homery, anything. Now, it's always a little weird, right? Because how do you define Hassan Rennick? He's listed as a linebacker. Yeah. He's technically a strong side linebacker. He's the Sam, but he's a pass rusher, right? Yeah, I, I include him more on the on the line because yeah. he's part of, yeah, because he's more of a pass rusher than anything. All like right, that. so there's three starting linebackers and their base four three defense are Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Carlos Dunlap. What do you want to do? Want to split the difference and say the Chiefs can have two of those three guys, or just do two one? We'll say because there's really only two linebackers in a real defensive system. Nickel is base in the modern NFL. Yeah, and Dunlap's more of a kind of like a Sam guy too, isn't he? He's more of like a yeah. like, like a rusher, sometimes drops in the coverage kind of guy. Yeah. I, unless I'm so like yeah. So then that's Hassan spot, so we'll say Hassan yeah. over that. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. I don't know. Yeah, Nick Bolton's a pretty damn good player. He's a young guy. Let's say linebacker one to them, and that's yeah. I'm saying off ball linebacker, not pass rusher, so that doesn't involve Hassan Reddick. So yeah. that's two guys in the front seven. We're giving to Kansas City. Yes, cornerback Trent McDuffie, rookie. Yeah, Jarius Sneed, injured. They were back. Yeah, Eagles, have, up. Yeah. Eagles have the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Not the, yep. necessarily the two best cornerbacks in the NFL, but the best duo, the best tandem. Yeah. So go there. Safety, Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill. Both pretty good players. Yeah, they're both pretty good. I'd actually give the I'd give them both. I think I'd give them both. Yeah, I'll give yeah. them both to Chiefs. I'll give, the, I'll give them so both to the edge. We'll go safety one, safety two to Kansas City. So that is, again, four out of 11. So not a mathematician, but <laughs> – Eight out of the 22 positions go to KC. And then what do we have here? 14, right? Homerific us, I tell you. I mean, they have – they're 16 in one with their starting quarterback for a reason. It's true. There's a reason they it's very good football won their game. two playoff games by a combined score of 69 to 14. Well, because of luck, it's easy at pass, obviously. Yeah. If it was – you know what I said to that? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. That's my philosophy in life. That's been <laughs> something that was instilled in me from a young age. If it was easy, easy schedule would be though, Seamus. Had an easy schedule. Yeah, they oh, had easy. The... Everything's easy in, in the NFL. It's really easy to win, even when your schedule's 
you know, it, yeah, it's there's, really there, they, they've won more games against playoff teams this year than any team since the 2007 Patriots. But it's weak. It's a weak. The division was weak. Yeah. The conference was weak or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get, get fucked. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. The Eagles are the more well-rounded roster and the Chiefs are more top-heavy because – you know, I think Lane Johnson's the second best player in this game. Obviously, Mahomes is number one. But if you said Travis Kelsey is the second best player, I think that's fine too. So maybe the Chiefs have the two best players in the game, but the Eagles might have, you know, most of the next 10, so to speak, right? Yeah. No, it's not. It's, uh, and I guess coach, if we're going to go coaching too, I got, you got to give the, the nod to Andy, even if yeah. he's done a hell of a job. You give him the yeah, nod to Andy. I see Andy. Uh, just pulling an Andy in the fourth quarter, really just mm. channeling those Eagles vibes, really just F's up the timeout or just something stupid like that. Andy Reid and finally helping the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah. That's fucked up. I wrote an Andy Reid legacy piece I on – I said that, actually. I don't like that I said that. Philly voice today. And I was pretty kind to him. I said he should be remembered finally. And, it's you know, he brought stability to an organization the way they never really had it. His Agreed. organizational philosophies on building through the offensive and defensive line carried with them to today. There are three uh, trench player franchise pillars in Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, and Fletcher Cox. We're all drafted when Andy was here yep. and power as the executive vice president of football operations. Yep. So if Brandon Graham has a game-winning strip sack on Patrick Mahomes, Eagles fans actually have to thank Andy Reid for that. Yeah. No, I, if this, at this point, if you're if you don't think of Andy Reid fondly, I think that says more about you than it does about Andy Reid at this point. Um, Especially if they both have respectively won since, right? That's this game, if this game happened in the Super Bowl and the Eagles yeah. had not, then yeah, it'd be different. Happen, but, or yeah. vice versa, if the Eagles had won and the right. Chiefs had not in 2019, if Kyle Shanahan, the the coaching maestro, the coaching genius, doesn't <laughs> blow. I believe it was a double-digit fourth-quarter lead to the 49ers in the 2019 Super Bowl. That doesn't happen. Kyle Shanahan uh, has lost two Super Bowl rings for his teams in that season as well as being the offensive coordinator for the 2016 Falcons. He also seemingly has a penchant for getting quarterbacks killed, too. That seems to be a thing that happens a lot under him. Yeah, that's Uh, a little strange at a certain point. It seems to be a thing that happens. Um, And guys in general just seemingly getting hurt running his schemes. So. Might be something to that. Um, I don't want to get that. Uh, Eagles are in the Super Bowl, so I don't really care about Kyle Shanahan right now. But it's uh, fun to gloat. It is fun fan. to gloat. I give you that. It's fun to gloat. It Half is. the fun of winning the Super Bowl was just having a online pissing match with Vikings fans for the following <laughs> like eighteen months. God, they're still hurt. It's amazing that they can still be so butthurt. It's I mean incredible. that that broke the franchise. It did. They haven't recovered since. Nope. They thought maybe they did this year, but they didn't. No, because they got smacked by the team that's the Eagles smacked. So what does that exactly. say about them? And the Eagles smacked them in week two on yep. prime time. Yep. All those things. All those things are true. Yeah. Uh, I don't are we doing give... predictions? Are we doing that no. next week? Same yeah, I think I don't... I... Yeah, we, I might think have, we might have to do a funky time next week, a semi-big announcement. I will be going to Arizona for a few days next week for hey. media day festivities. Love we'll be it. there for the game. We'll be back. On the scene, watching in South Philly amongst my people. So I like that. Be able to watch with my fiance for the first time. I like that. So that's a, that's fun. That's good for the city. That's good for the vibes. 
Yeah. I will be out there for media day, Monday through Wednesday. Nice. So maybe if we get a little funky with the scheduling, we'll figure we it out. can do a Tuesday podcast. I'd love to talk while I'm out there. For yeah, sure. we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out somehow or another. Yeah, even if um, it's a quicker 20 minute pod. Yeah, gotta something. Got to hit it. We'll get something. We'll get something done before. And then that, that will be as much as this is Eagles focus. That will be literally eagles focus we literally unless something major 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 happens although we do have the sixers uh trade on th- next thursday right yeah next thursday so we do have that come out coming I, too. I land back in philly at 6 13 a.m on thursday so i might perfect sleep i might sleep through that deadline yeah I'm gonna i miss, won't i'm gonna miss nerland's noel's return to philadelphia that would be awesome that would make me so happy so that'd be good happens. vibes i'd be tremendous vibes are you kidding me I, we talked to him when he was here a couple of weeks ago and yeah he yeah, we talked about it because it's he's was, so chill where he's yeah. at. He's just like kind of doesn't care. Not and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that like to say like, oh, he doesn't give a shit. Like, no, I just mean like I think he's kind of just like at peace at where he is in his career. And he knows he's not gonna be there for long with the Pistons, so he's just kind of like biding his time. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna wind up on a contender, he's gonna wind up helping a contender. Like he's still he can still play. He's so gonna play good. playoff minutes for someone. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not here, someone else. Um I can see someone trading him to start him. I can't. I can't tell you that team right now off the top of my head. But I mean, like shit. Like I hate to say it, but the Celtics. He'd be great there as he just is an insurance a Massachusetts policy. Massachusetts native. He is. He is. He would be a really good insurance policy because Horford and Williams. You know, Horford ain't getting any younger, and Rob Williams just has so many injury issues. He would be a pretty damn good insurance policy. I'm trying to think of who else in the East. I mean, the shit, the Nets. God, he would be a great fit on the Nets. I really could. But he'd be a backup there because Claxton's been so good for them. So I don't think that they would give up much, try to give I, – I don't know. He would be he would be perfect backup here. But I know I – mean, He's a, a malleable backup big man, right? He defends the rim, and he's a rim runner. That's exactly what you want from a backup He would be so – Because you figure in the playoffs – Right now, Doc Rivers isn't doing it, but you figure in the playoffs, there will be no minutes in which Joel Embiid and James Harden are not – one of them is not on the floor. And in those cases in the playoffs, you're going to need a big that can fit Harden. And I think Nerlens as a pick and pick and roll player lob threat would just be sensational. Can they get a guy? And then he would also clean up the mess on defense. You wouldn't be losing anything defensively with Embiid out of the game because you'd have a guy like Nerlens to protect the rim and just be disruptive in general. He's, he is He's still a really good defensive player and a good like he yeah he would be that's that's like a moonshot like but he would be so great um he does make I think he makes like nine point two million so you'd have I mean, to give up like multiple play like you, you're talking like Cork Moss and Thibel to get him but I might consider doing that because I think he I would, would make such a huge difference um I don't love giving up Thibel for a backup center but at the same time. What do I think is going to be more valuable? Having Matisse Thibel as a wing defender off the bench or having a viable backup center? I think having a viable backup center is going to be more, as we've seen throughout the years, evergreen uh, observation there. Can uh, they get a guy who won't be a negative 37 in like 90 yeah. seconds of on the, being on the court? That Greg Monroe, man, that's I'll the, never that's forget the goal. That. I was there for that. That's less than two minutes. I think he was a minus nine, which is – it's impossible. That's impossible to do, but he did it. Incredible. Uh, Brett Brown should have just gone to Mike Scott at the five. As much yeah, as Mike was... Scott would have been great, it still would have been better than whatever Mike, whatever Greg Monroe gave you. It was terrible. They played like seven guys that game. They played so they played seven guys and then Monroe for two minutes, and that's it in that game seven. It was wild. And Brett wasn't a fan of that. Like Brett hated doing that. Brett loved to stretch the rotation out, but Doc really loves to stretch the rotation out. But uh, 
Yeah. But the reason we're having this conversation is because Kyle Newbeck, Philly voice, wrote a uh, pretty extensive piece. We haven't gotten like any Sixer slop whatsoever. And Kyle Shame. gave us like our first little glimpse of it. I'll say this credit to Daryl Morey because he's keeping it close to the chest, right? I mean, that's you got to give him credit for that. We haven't really gotten much out of it. But Kyle and his piece, one of the things he mentioned is that they would be looking for a backup center, which I think is absolutely the right strategy. I think Nerlens is, is a guy I would for sure have interested in interest in. I would actually, you know what? I'm going to bring, I'm going to have, cause I have names. I have six names here. Let's go. And real quick. Um, I am just going to go through these names and you're going to tell me, yeah, your day. Um, okay. Nerlens. Oh yeah. Andre Drummond. Yeah, I wonder if the cost would be prohibitive. Would he cost more than Nerlens? No, I would okay. think Nerlens would actually cost more. To be honest with you, in a trade. Yeah, I don't know what his salary is. But... Salary is nothing. He makes like three point two. So you could I do mean, it. He's you could do like Cork Boz and a second rounder and, and maybe make that happen. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, Mike Mascala. Does he solve the issues as much as he's a valuable bench player in his specific role? Um, he's better than Montrez Harrell. I think he could survive uh, the five for six minutes a game in the playoffs. I'm leaning no. I'm leaning no too. So thank, thank you from Philadelphia for Tyrese Maxey. Exactly. Course. So, but again, a good vibe trade. I feel like if you got Muscat, I would agree. Good vibe trade. Um, just as long as his dad doesn't talk ever. Oof. Um, uh, where was Scott? Okay, uh, a couple random ones. Ken Birch. I'd be into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ken Birch is the deal that if they make it, it's a clear upgrade, but no one gives a shit. You I know agree. What I mean? That was my pause. I was like, yeah, well, no one Ken cares. Birch, like it's not, and I wouldn't really, I probably wouldn't even tweet about it, but it'd be an upgrade. <laughs> but he, it's like one of those moves that would be so unnoticeable, but it could literally win them a championship. And I don't even think that's an exaggeration. Like that could be the difference between them making it out of the second round and not making it out of the second round. And no one would care. When it happens, that's what's so funny about it. But he's just solid; like he's nothing special at all. Um, but he just would—he—he he can do a little bit of everything. Like he's just—he gets rebounds, he sets screens, he has good hands around the rim, can't shoot, has no offensive game really of which to speak. But if he—he he can set a screen for James Harden and catch a lot from James Harden, and then he'll play defense on the other end. He can switch onto a guard if need be. Okay, rim protector, not a great one has decent enough size that he can hang with a bigger big if, if need be. It's so funny though, because like I think about it and like the idea of a traditional big, like Joe Humpy's like the only traditional big in the Eastern conference. Like, yeah. Like Claxton's kind of in that mold. Like he's a little bit bigger, but even he's cause he, he can't shoot, but even he's can switch. Like that's what makes him so good. And why, what makes the nets, what, why they've been better defensively um, is because Claxton's so good at switching, but like, and Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez is in that mix, of course. He's damn good. Um, yeah. I mean, Cleveland, I guess, you know, Jared Allen, I guess he fits that mold too. He's a little bit more modern y, but he fits in that mold. Uh, all right. And then let's see who else we have here. Um, this is my name. And I know this is a name that also Jackson Frank of Liberty Ballers agrees with me. Uh, he's not a traditional big, but I love him. Jared Vanderbilt. That's who I thought you were going to say. That's who I thought you were going to say. I love him. Yeah. Realistic or no? That seems more, slightly more pipe dreamy. Uh, not necessarily pipe dreamy, but more. I don't think the Sixers do it, but I think they should do it because he's What's not a traditional big. And that's what Kyle said that they're looking more for traditional. He's not traditional, but um, I love the idea of 
can do be a screener roller and um, rim runner when Harden's in the game. Uh, hell of a rebounder, unbelievable rebounder. I think like so five uh, five offensive rebounds per hundred possessions, which is a wild wild number. Um, so active, every loose ball you're going to get. But also, if George Yang really struggles at the four defensively, he can give you some minutes at the four too. So like. He's got a little bit of that versatility. Not a good shooter, but he has actually been taking some corner threes this year. Thirty-four and a half percent, not great. But he's a, but you know if you leave him wide open, he might be able to hurt you. Um, but yeah, he's a guy. I think I don't know what they said. The so the rumor was the equivalent of a first round pick value wise. What the hell that means? I don't know. Like just would would Matisse Thybulle be the, the equivalent of a first round pick to Utah? I don't know. He might be. Um, but if it's like Thibel in a second or something like that, I'd do that in a heartbeat sure. uh, for a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, and the last one, and listen, this one is just how this is. This just speaks to how down I am right now on Montrez. <laughs> Taj Gibson. You're down bad, bro. Yeah. You're down bad. No, mm-hmm. I say no. Even if it costs you like nothing. What if, it's, what if it's what if it's what if it's You're just you're basically dumping Quirkmaz's salary to get under the tax, and then you're getting Taj Gibson. Do you think Harrell is really really that bad where he yes. could have a Greg Monroe like performance? Yes. Then you got to just do anything. Yeah, got to do anything. So here's what I look at: all the other guys I mentioned, I think are upgrades, Correct. Like clear upgrades. Muscala borderline, but offensively, I, I, I do. I, I think, I think Muscala offensively, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I think there, I think every guy I mentioned is an upgrade. Taj Gibson's not an upgrade per se, but I think Lesser here's Taj, two evils. Maybe here's what Taj Gibson will do. Um, he'll be in the right place. He won't make mistakes. And that's really it. He won't make mistakes. Taj he won't kill you. And that's like, like, that's where the, that's where the bar is though. Right? Like he won't kill you. Because every backup center the Sixers have had in recent past killed them. Ironically enough, Paul Reed was maybe the only one that didn't kill them, and he's never going to see the court ever again, apparently. Is Taj um, Gibson the most Doc Rivers player that's never played for Doc Rivers? He was really good in the Eastern Conference, on a really good Eastern Conference team in like 2010, 2011, 2012. Played for Tibbs in New York, too, so perfect. That's a perfect seg. Yeah. Um, well, in Chicago, too, obviously, duh. Um yeah, that's a good net. Well, he would have. Do you play with Tibbs in Minnesota too? Shit, yeah. I mean, that's such a Tibbs thing. But. Yeah, which Tibbs? That's Doc's. Doc is is Tibbs. Yeah, Doc's guy. Yeah. So that just it just makes way too much sense. Tibbs is Doc's Tibbs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'll say uh, the, the, to me, it would be more likely like this for Taj Gibson. You strike out at the trade deadline. You don't get any of those names I mentioned. He gets bought out. Yeah, scoop him up just yeah, as an insurance policy kind of guy. Um, that I would not be opposed to at all. I think trade. There's not like, it, but I think if that's the deal, right? I think if you trade Quirkmaz because he makes five million dollars, and you take back Gibson, whatever he makes, it ain't much. Um, you take back his contract, then that's fine. Like, there's nothing. There's no. There's no downside to that deal to me because Quirkmaz is never going to crack the rotation. I don't think he's a very good player. I'm just. I know there's a lot of people that really stand Quirkmaz, but just. He's not a good player to me, um, and I would value having the insurance policy of a Taj Gibson than have Kirk Corkmaz five million salary this year and next year. Fun player, but he stinks. Yeah. Oh, great. Listen, hell Fun of player, a guy. I love him as a person. Like one of my favorite guys on the team, and I say that 
like holding nothing back. One of my favorite guys on the team. Great dude, great personality. Um, great fourteenth man on a championship team. Exactly. But they need an all time vibes guy. An yes. all time vibes guy. Um, but yeah, just not that good. Uh, we're gonna bypass Phillies and Flyers this week because there's just nothing going on in their world. The Phillies signed Josh Harrison. Cool, good bench piece to have. He plays a lot of positions. Not a bad player. Remember they had him in spring training and then they let him loose and it seemed like that was actually a bad move because he was pretty good for yeah. the Nationals. Um, Flyers, so yeah. are, Flyers are 21, 21 and 9 exactly where they don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. They're just going to, and they're probably going to add as a deadline to help to try to make that wild card. So that'll, that'll be good. That'll be helpful. And Ivan Provorov still sucks at everything. I was about to say, like, I almost forgot, but I'm like, did you forget? Oh, God. No, can never forget. That was, that was rough. It's never rough. forget it. Never forget Ivan Provorov. Rough team, no. rough organization. Rough, rough all the way around. Glad that's not my beat. Yeah, I'm also, uh, dude, I feel so bad for Jordan Hall every single day. Poor, he's the sweetest man in the world and he's stuck covering that team. And he's covering for their kind of owner slash mm. network. So yeah. I don't yeah. think he can be. Although, as, I'll say this, though. He's, he can't be as loose lipped as he deserves to be. He is one of those. He is such, like, you talk about capital J journalist. Oh, Jordan yeah. Just to edit his work. Like, he is, whew, like, top notch. Like, when you're talking about guys just being like straight journalists, like, he is a journalist. So, like, if he grips the team, you know it's bad. You know what I mean? Because like he is, he is going to tell you exactly what is happening. Like he's not going to give you. Yeah, he's he's really good with not sugarcoating stuff, but then also not being too critical either. Like he plays it. He's a journalist, like a real, journalist, like an like an actual journalist, not me. Yes. No. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I can't be an actual journalist. Um. Anyway. We're gonna give Eagles. Uh, we're gonna give Super Bowl predictions next week. I think that's the time to do it. You'll be in Zona. That should be good. Um, maybe hit up a Pizza Hut out there and grab a stuffed crust pizza. I don't know. Oh, um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna do it for this week for this edition of the Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster podcast. Please rate, download, and subscribe for as long as we have a podcast. Because who the hell knows? Um, Could be the last one. Could be who knows? A thousand who knows? more. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll figure something out. Um, for Shavis Clitzy, I'm Paul Hudrick. We'll talk to you all next time.